Hello and welcome to Serrated Edge. I hope you liked our new intro, which my grandpa made for us. Um, thank you, Grandpa Mark. Um, it's pretty cool, right? Um, today I am going to be reading, um, The Ichabog by J.K. Rowling. I hope you enjoy it. The Ichabog, Death of a Seamstress. The Beamish and Dovetail families both lived in a palace called the City Within the City. This was the part of Chooksville where all of the people who worked for King Fred had houses. Gardener, gardeners, cooks, tailors, page boys, seamstresses, stonemasons, grooms, carpenters, footmen, and maids. All of them occupied neat little cottages just outside the palace grounds. The city within the city was separated from the rest of Chukesville by a high white wall and the gates and the gates in the wall stood open during the day so that the residents could go visit friends and family in the rest of Chukesville and go to the markets. By night the sturdy gates were closed and everyone in the city within the city slept like a king under the protection of the royal guard. Major Beamish, Bert's father, was the head of the Royal Guard, a handsome, cheerful man who rode a steel gray horse. He accompanied King Fred, King Fred, Lord Spittleworth, and Lord Flippoon, Lord Flippoon, on their hunting trips, which us- which usually happened five times a week. The king likes Ma- Major Beamish, and he also likes Bert's mother because Bertha Beamish was the king's own private pastry chef, a high honor in that city of world-class bakers. Due to Bertha's habit of bringing home fancy cakes that hadn't turned out perfectly, Bert was a plump little boy, and sometimes, I regret to say, the, uh, the other children called him Butterball and made him cry. Bert's best friend was Daisy Dovetail. The two children had been born days apart um, and acted more like brother and sister than playmates. Daisy was Bert's defender against bullies. She was skinny but fast and more than ready to fight anyone who called Bert Butterball. Daisy's father, Dan Dovetail, was the king's carpenter repairing and replacing the wheels and shafts on his carriages. As Mr. Dovetail was so clever at carving, he also made bits of furniture for the palace. Daisy's mother, Dora Dovetail, was the head seamstress of the palace, another honored job because King Fred liked clothes and kept a whole team of tailors busy making him new costumes every month. It was the king's great fondness for finery that led to a nasty incident in which the history books of Cornucopia would later record as the beginning of all the troubles that were to engulf that happy little kingdom. At the time that it happened, only a few people within the 
within the city within the city knew anything about it, though for some it was an awful tragedy. What happened was this. The king of Flirtania came to pay a formal visit to Fred, still hoping perhaps to exchange one of his daughters for a lifetime supply of hopes of heaven, and Fred decided that he must have a brand new set of clothes made for the occasion, dull purple, overlaid with silver lace with amethyst buttons and gray fur at the cuffs. Now King Fred had heard something about the head seamstress not being quite well, but he hadn't paid much attention. He didn't trust anybody but Daisy's mother to stitch on the silver lace properly, so he gave the order that nobody else should be given the job. In consequence, Daisy's mother sat up three nights in a row, racing to finish the purple suit in time for the king of Plotania's visit. And at the dawn on the fourth day, her assistant found her lying on the floor, dead, with the very last amethyst button in her hand. The king's chief advisor came to break the news while Fred was still having breakfast. The chief advisor was an old, wise old man called Herringbone, with a silver beard that hung almost to his knees. After explaining that the head seamstress had died, he said, But I'm sure that one of the other ladies will be able to fix on the last button for your majesty. There's a look in Herringbone's eye that King Fred didn't like. It gave him a squirming feeling in the pit of his stomach. While his dressers were helping him into the new purple suit, later that morning, Fred tried to make himself feel less guilty by talking the matter over with Lord Spittleworth and Fulton. I mean to say, if I'd known she was seriously ill, panted Fred, as servants heaved him into the into his skin-tight satin pantaloons. Naturally, I'd have someone else with the suit. Your Majesty is so kind, said Spittleworth as he examined um, his sallow complexion in the mirror over the fireplace. A more, ten- a more tender-hearted monarch has never, never was, was never born. The woman should have spoken up if she felt unwell, grunted Falcon from a cushioned seat by the window. If she's not fit to work, um, she should have said so. Properly looked at, that's disloyalty to the king, or to your suit, anyway. Falcon's right, said Spittleworth, turning away from the mirror. Nobody could treat his servants better than you do, sire. I do treat them well, don't I, said King Fred, anxiously sucking in his stomach as the dresser did up his amethyst buttons. After all, chaps, I gotta look my blasted best today, haven't I? You always know how dressy the you know how dressy the King of Floritania always is. It would be a matter of national shame if you were any less well dressed than the King of Floritania, said Spittleworth. Put this unhappy occurrence out of your mind, sire, said Flippoon. A disloyal seamstress is no reason to spoil a sunny day. And yet, in spite of the two lords' advice, King Fred couldn't be quite easy in his mind. Perhaps he was imagining it, but he thought that Lady Islanda looked particularly serious that day. The servant's smile seemed colder and the maid's curtsies a little less deep. 
and his court feasted as his court feasted that evening with the king of Floritania. <sighs> Red's thoughts kept <coughs> sorry, drifting back to the seamstress, dead on the floor, with the last amethyst button clenched in clutched in her hand. Before Fred went to bed that night, Herringbone knocked on his bedroom door. After bowing deeply, the chief advisor asked whether the king was intending to send flowers to Mrs. Dovertail's funeral. Oh, oh yes, said Fred, startled. Yes, send a big wreath, you know, saying how sorry I am and so forth. You can arrange that, can't you? Can't you, Herringbone? Certainly, sire, said the chief advisor. And if I may ask, are you planning to visit the seamstress's family at all? They live, you know, just a short walk from the palace gates. Visit them, said the king. Well, no, Herringbone, I don't think I like, I'd like, I mean to say, I'm sure that they aren't expecting that. Herringbone and, uh, Herringbone and the king looked at each other for a few seconds and then the chief advisor bowed and left the room. Now, as King Fred was used to everyone telling him what a marvelous chap he was, he really didn't like that frown with which the chief advisor had left. He now began to feel, to feel cross rather than ashamed. It's a volley pity, he told his re- reflection, turning back to the mirror in which he'd been combing his mustaches before bed. But after all, I'm the king, and she was a seamstress. If I died, I wouldn't have expected her to. But then it occurred to him that if he died, he'd expect the whole of Cornucopia to stop whatever they were doing, dressed in all black, and meet for a week, just as, just as they'd done for his father, Richard the Righteous. Um, well, anyway, he said impatient, impatiently to his reflection, life goes on. He put on his silk nightcap, climbed into his four-poster bed, blew out the candle, and fell asleep. Boom, boom, boom. This episode was produced and narrated by Gavin Snyder. The intro music... Well, I'm Gavin Snyder. The intro music was made by Mark Snyder. Thanks, Grandpa Mark. Um, if you would like to support Serrated Edge, please subscribe wherever you listen. Um, if you would like to sub, I already said that. Um, if you like this episode, you can subscribe, make a poster, tell a friend about us, or send in um. A voice message so that we can use it in a future episode. Bye.